This episode of Little Bit of Life podcast is brought to you by Bath Bomba Lomba. Guys, I'm telling you, I found this amazing small business that sends out the most incredible products. They have a bath bomb starter pack for just $17. You get to choose two petty cubes as well as two bath bombs. It makes the perfect gift for any holiday, especially for birthdays, and it's also time to treat yourself. We always say it's that time of year again. Deadlines are closing in, work is still piling up, you deserve some time and a relaxing soak. Enjoy the soothing smell of lavender with their bath bomb starter pack, or you can even go give it as a gift. Make sure to check them out in the bio or go to their website at bathbombalama.com. Welcome to Little Bit of Life podcast with your host, Tabitha, better known as Little. A lot of you may know her from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. Dedicated to having the real, raw, and occasional chats about what we seem to think, but don't say. Special guests will join in along the way that have impacted her in a profound way. Very little is left off limits, so sit back, enjoy, and here's your host. Hey guys, welcome in another episode, a little bit of Life Podcast with Little. We are in season two. It's crazy to me, insane to me that we've had this many episodes together and we're still growing, which is fantastic. I have a amazing guest with me today, great friend of mine. She is a wife, a mother. She's kind of the do it all. And we're on today to talk to those parents, whether you're a male or a female that might be divorced, dating, dating with kids, learning how to blend your families together and trying to figure out life without that parenting manual along the way. So please welcome in Amanda. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited to have you on this episode. I think we've talked about it forever and a day, even since before I started the podcast. I'm like, Hey, let's have you on sometime. Yes, I can remember all your dreams of what you wanted to do and what you wanted to talk about and all the different discussions we had. It's been crazy to see it from start to how amazing (laughs) it's doing now. I know. I'm like, is this real life? Am I like, is this really still happening? Like people want to listen to this. I still don't get why. So (laughs) we're going to jump into this episode. It's very important to me to have this for, like I said, maybe dads that have children, moms that have children, they're learning how to date. They're learning how to navigate But also learning when you get married and you have blended families, like all the frustration that comes with it, because like I said, there's no manual for how to do something and every dynamic is different. So what has your experience been? You started this blog, which is so awesome. I'm putting that in the bio. So every person that's going through this, or maybe you see this coming up in your future of how to, you know, manage and and do the best that you can with the life that you're given. So how did you and your now husband meet? Like, let's just start at the beginning. Okay. The beginning. Um, so I, I had just gotten about a year into my divorce. So I was previously married and he was in the thralls of finalizing his custody agreement with his divorce. And he messaged me on Facebook. So we had mutual friends and he just hit me up one day and kind of moved pretty quickly after that. (laughs) (laughs) When you guys were in the dating, like the very start of it, was he very open in regards to like his custody and his past? Like, did you kind of have an inkling, not to say what you were getting into, but it's very different when you're dating someone with children and you don't have children. It's really different. For sure. And I think... 
Um, yes. Like he, he was very forthcoming. Um, he and I had, um, kind of a discussion right off the bat where, I mean, I, I basically called it, I was like, I don't play games. Um, I'm, I've already gone through a marriage and a divorce and I'm not looking to repeat any of that. I'm not looking to, you know, just fly into something that could just end up falling apart, especially when a child is involved. Um, Mm -hmm. And so right off the bat, we made the agreement that, you know, we weren't going to withhold information from each other. We were going to ask the tough questions right away. We were going to talk about where our lives were at, what we wanted in a relationship, what happened in our previous relationships that failed, what we didn't like, what we liked. And we just dived in head first to get through all the nitty gritty before a lot of those feelings really heavily developed. And that's when you usually get what they call, you know, the rose colored glasses and you've, you've fallen for somebody and then you start finding out more information and you're like, uh Oh, maybe we aren't mm-hmm. compatible. We did all of the compatible matching prior right away. That's good. I feel like so many people, especially if there's any listeners that are like, oh, I've never dated somebody that has children. You're not only learning about that person that you're dating of the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between, but you're learning about who they are and then also who they are as a parent. Because let's be real, all of us are raised differently. We all come from different backgrounds. We all kind of have this like tunnel vision of like, I was raised this way. This is how I want to raise my children. So when you're blending families, you're kind of having to step into a role that's already been kind of preset before you even got there, which I love that you talk about. We talk about all the expectations before all of those hard feelings come in. So I really like that you guys did that in the beginning to see if you were compatible, not compatible, or what maybe you can, you know, flex on and vice versa. Right, exactly. And, you know, we, we talked about what our parenting styles were, but I didn't just I didn't just hear from somebody what they would like to do as a parent. Cause a lot of people you have, you have these rules, like I'm never going to put my kid in front of a TV. Um, but then you become a parent and suddenly maybe that rule shifts. I got to yep. see what they really were currently with him and his daughter. And I got to see, um, instead of waiting to find out about his past or how he was raised, I could see a direct result of how he was raising his child based on how he was raised. So I did get a nice insight with that. Um, And we were able to really figure out what common ground we do have when it comes to raising kids. And so that was a a major perk with that, I think. But Mm -hmm. sometimes we do still run into a little bit of issues, particularly because there are things that he did do in his previous marriage in pertains to how he raised his daughter that he doesn't want to do with our kids. And so mm-hmm. um, there are sometimes different rules for my stepdaughter than there are for our kids. And so that can sometimes get a little, a little sticky. It's hard. Like I've dated people that have children and I mean, we always talk about like, you know, the motto on here, it's what we think, but don't say. And as a female dating someone that has children, it's kind of that elephant in the room. You know, you're going to have to deal with that other parent. Like it's just hands down. So how did that work in regards to dating? Was that something that, I mean, cause so many dynamics are different. Some people are very hands-off. They do not want you involved with that other parent. It's strictly like a business, almost relationship 
Or did you kind of find a way to communicate with the other parent? Or is it just something that you're like, I'm letting you handle it. If you need something, let me know. Um, that whole situation has definitely been um, a little bit of a roller coaster. And it's it's kind of a learn as we go um, situation. So right off the bat in the beginning, you know, I wasn't trying to kind of um, step on any toes, if you will. And so I tried to come in very carefully, very slowly. Um, and unfortunately, my presence um, resulted in a very high conflict situation. It triggered something and um, it started to cause a lot of mayhem for my husband finalizing the last details of his custody. And it kind of blew the whole thing apart, um, unfortunately. So in the beginning, um, it went to kind of very volatile. I'm not to be anywhere near my stepdaughter. I'm not to be involved in anything to, okay, now I ended up putting myself in the middle a little bit more and being the one that was solely communicating with her to ease tensions between my husband and her. And Mm -hmm. now it's kind of somewhere in the middle where, you know, we have a group text with, you know, her new husband, me, all four of us are on there and we communicate. And sometimes it's me handling things. Sometimes it's my husband. When it comes to something that is a little bit more difficult or touchy, I, I take a step back and I, I just let him handle it. I don't take on that stress. I focus on, I focus on our family and our kids here. And that's my main role is it's not necessarily in a heavy role in parenting my stepdaughter when she's in our home, she's under that umbrella when she's not, I care for her. We have a friendship. We connect. She even calls me mom that we have that dynamic. But if it's going to affect me in a negative way and affect my kids in a negative way, I'm not going to become a part of that because my, my thing is to protect our environment and our home here so that the stress doesn't filter in and cause more issues than the initial thing is causing. I like how you talk about alleviating as much stress as possible within, like you said, your umbrella within your household. I think it's such a great reminder for listeners. There's only so much that you can handle and there's only so much that you can technically control. So I love that you are making it a priority of finding what am I able to control? What am I able to be productive within my household and raising the children. So even though that she's there and then leaves, she's still a part of the family when she's there and you're still that supportive stepmom when she's away, but you're not so-called invading every single aspect of that stepmom life. And I think that's a hard balance for so many to understand where they fit, how much, because you don't want to completely detach because then you feel like you're not supporting your husband, but yet with blending families, you have a family that has to be running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whether you're on the ball or not. It can definitely be an exhausting um, thing trying to find that balance. And I'm not perfect at it. I feel like I'm still learning. I mean, I'm, I'm almost four years into this. Um, So obviously, you know, I know other women that I've spoken to who have been a stepmom for way longer and they're still struggling with that balance. Um, And I think it's, it's definitely a mental game and it's, it's focusing on, you can't change somebody else, but you can change you, you can change your reaction to things. Um, 
And that's taken, I think, a lot of self-growth that I'm, I'm personally really proud of myself. In the beginning, a lot of things that were happening, I would get very defensive or protective of my stepdaughter. I'd get very upset that my schedule, my time, my money, all these things were being affected and controlled by somebody else. And mm-hmm. I've started to focus more on, if I focus on my energy and I focus on what my reactions Um, I'm not giving that other person control over my life. They may have control Mm -hmm. over the schedule in a certain way, but they, I don't want to let them also have control over how I feel and how my family operates. Or, you know, if we end up having a weekend where we're supposed to have all these fun plans and she decides to call and start something, I'm not going to let that ruin our weekend. Mm -hmm. It's things like that, that you Mm -hmm. just start to go, you know what, I'm not going to let that negativity overrule and win. For those who have not read her blog, um, she made a really amazing post that I think really reached out and touched so many. On your wedding day, not only was your stepdaughter there, but you made vows to her as well. How did that make you feel in that moment? Like you're coming into a family that's embracing you, but with like so many unknowns of like what is coming next. Because obviously like you and your husband wanted to have children of your own. And so there's, you see this massive future ahead of plans, but yet you're walking already into a family. So where did that come? Like, where did that idea come up with making the vows to her? Um, I, I had been on social media seeing like, you know, basically the second that I started dating this guy, I kind of dived head deep into um, finding all the resources I could on how to be this stepmom. My mother is the stepmom in my dynamic. So I grew up in a yours, mine and ours blended dynamic. And it was very rough, very toxic most of the time. And I didn't want that. And so I was trying to find ways of making that better. And naturally along the way, I saw a lot of stepfather stuff was so much more positive, unfortunately, than a lot of the stepmom things out there. Um, and these stepfathers were saying vows to, you know, their stepdaughters and their stepsons. And I was like, I don't see anything where like the stepmom is doing that. And I just Mm -hmm. thought that that would be a really good stepping stone for me and her. I mean, obviously that, that was huge for my husband, but it was more of, I went from dad's friend to dad's girlfriend to, you know, Amanda, to fiance, to now I'm, now I'm going to be stepmom. And I wanted a significant milestone in her moment where that relationship shifted Mm -hmm. for her. It's, it's not just a shift that's happening for me and my husband. You know, you go from girlfriend, fiance to wife, I'm going from friend to friend slash stepmom. And, um, yeah. I was really nervous. I didn't know. I mean, she was eight years old at the time. And sometimes kids don't fully um, understand the gravity of something. So I was a little nervous how she would take it because I did make it kind of a surprise. But um, I thought that it was really great. And uh, I thought it went well. She really loved it. And she she loves to keep I have my vows written for her and framed in her room along with a photo of me and her on the wedding day. And she loves to keep it in her bedroom. So I think that that she can always look back at the vows that I made to her and know that there's some stability in her life. You know, her family got kind of broken apart and expanded and made new. 
And for her to know Mm -hmm. that there's somebody who's committed to caring for her and being there for her, no matter what, I think has really helped her. So we're fast forwarding from a marriage now because you and I are so close that you have two of your own. Um, (laughs) How has that been in regards to, I would say for both you and your husband, splitting your time to where you kind of get in the groove, you have your routine in your house, you have things where you like it, your routine for both of them because you're always on the go. And then your stepdaughter in this situation would come into the house. Do you find like, because we talk about all the nitty gritty stuff on here. Do you find that, I hate using this word, but so many, I mean, I felt this way when I dated somebody with kids. It's almost like you're, you kind of get in the groove, you get in your routine, and then everything gets thrown off. But by the time that they leave, then you have to kind of like start all over. Was that difficult? Like feeling almost like you're creating a routine and then she comes in and then you kind of have to like divide your normal time that you already have? Uh, As harsh as this is going to come across, it is a slight feeling of almost like an invasion. Like, Mm-hmm. Everything just kind of gets flipped when, um, especially when you're dealing with a custody schedule that is, I mean, for me, I feel like it could be very hard to have a 50-50 schedule. And I, I sympathize for those stepmoms that have that week-to-week flip-flop. Um, for me, we get into a groove now. Initially, it was every other weekend for less than 48 hours. Um And that was really hard. They would, we would have this weekend where my husband has to travel. Um, It's about five hours there and back to go pick her up on a Friday. So I have to do, you know, bedtime, dinner, routine, everything alone with the two under two. Um, We have Saturday together as a family. Sunday, we have half the day and he has to take her back. That's another five hours of travel. And he's misses dinner and bedtime with the littles on Sunday as well. Um, now it's once a month, so it's becoming less and less, unfortunately, but we, yeah, we have a routine, we have a schedule. And when Monday comes around, especially my son, who is now approaching two, he notices that big sister's gone. Where's big sister. He is used to all of the fun, all of the playtime, all the attention all weekend. And Monday comes and it's kind of like a Monday out of hell. So the, the amount of um, tantrums and just trying to like get back into a routine and, and back into the cycle is, is very difficult sometimes. Um, I think I'm hoping it gets, it gets better as the kids get older, but at the same time, we don't know what our custody arrangement will be then too. And it, it is a tough thing having somebody come and go all the time. And not only that, it's hard for her. We have some similarities when it comes to parenting at both households, but for the majority, we're almost polar opposites. Um, they're a church going LDS family. We're not. Um, so like she's allowed to drink a chai tea latte here. That's sin over there. She's allowed to wear a crop top over here. She can't wear that over there. She's allowed to just get up and go to the bathroom if she needs to go to the bathroom. Over there, she has to ask Mm -hmm. permission. There are so many different rules that it's also hard for her to transition. And so it's it's basically having to reteach and remind her every time she's here of what our rules are, what our expectations are, and how we function as a family over here when she spends so little time with us. And is it something where 
because you and your husband, I love how you guys communicate, whether it's in a great moment or a great moment of where you're struggling. And that's key in making your household function is communication. Is it something where in the beginning when you first had your son of he felt kind of torn? Because I I talk to a lot of parents that deal with co-parenting and they're like, you know, I am remarried and I'm having a family, but I feel almost selfish or I feel almost sad because I'm missing out on all of this with like my first child or, you know, with multiple children, but I'm getting to experience all this with my new family. Like I have a friend of mine that's like, you know, I want to have more children, but I don't want to feel like I'm replacing my daughter. And I don't want to feel guilty that like, I have all of this time with my new family and she doesn't know where she fits. I don't want her to feel replaced. Is that something that like you kind of feel guilty or has he struggled with that a little bit with like the blending of families? Um, maybe a little bit in the very beginning, but, um, you know, my, my stepdaughter really, really wanted siblings. She was an only child for uh, almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she was excited about receiving siblings. Of course, though, there was a transitionary period where we could tell, um, you know, she was struggling a little bit, uh, and, and to this day, she doesn't fully understand how to be a sibling. Sometimes she's, um, trying to be a little bit more of, um, what they call like the mini mom, which is totally normal. I, you know, it's a preteen girl. So, but, um, you know, she had some struggles a little bit in the very beginning and my husband, that's what would make it hard was her reactions or her, I, I don't know if I would call it necessarily like a jealousy, but just like a misunderstanding of shared time. And that would affect him and that would affect me a little Mm -hmm. bit. I think the biggest struggle is that it ends up because she got taken clear across the state to where he cannot, he cannot pick her up from school. He cannot go to dance recitals. He cannot go to her soccer practices. He cannot see her um, for father daughter day at school or her dances or anything. We don't get to be a part of anything is the hardest. And it's also become a situation where we can't just go and drive there. You know, she's got a recital at 7 PM. Well, it's five and a half hours to get there. And then you're talking about coming back and we can't do that with babies. So it's, it's hard for an 11 year old girl now to understand why it is. We can't make the big sacrifice of trying to get out there to be a part of those things on a Thursday night And sometimes she understands, but she also feels, you know, that unfairness and there is an unfairness there, but unfortunately, you know, it's outside of all of our control. And I think that that's something that is good for her to also learn. And it's something that my husband has kind of learned of, again, there's things outside of your control. You just can do the best that you can do. And we're there for her as best we can, whether it's, you know, Hey, Let's record her recital so we can watch it. Let's, can we video chat her before she's Mm -hmm. about to go on stage or when she's done so that we can congratulate her, like things like that to try to be as involved as we can without just kind of flipping our family upside down to do it. So for listeners that may be going through the dating portion, the very beginning, what would you say was the hardest thing before you went through the engagement and the marriage? Like in the very beginning for you coming in, what was the hardest thing that you struggled with? Um, I think it's between um, second guessing myself kind of every step of the way, because there isn't really a lot of resources out there 
that are genuinely helpful because everybody's dynamic is going to be a little bit different. And a lot of the stepmom stuff can be pretty negative. A lot of the situations that I've run into with other people and me personally is what you would call considered a high conflict situation. So anytime that there is a disagreement, it escalates quickly and you start dealing with um, custody alterations because of that situation. Um, And so I dealt a lot with that in the very beginning. So every time that I tried to Mm -hmm. just be a friend or tried to have a relationship with with my then boyfriend, uh, I was constantly met with resistance and drama and problems um, with his co-parent. So I think that, and, and and honestly, that that's where I almost called it quits. I almost did because I, I realized that in the very beginning when I met him, my picture of, oh, you know, I'm going to meet his daughter. I'm going to meet his co-parent. We're going to be friends. Maybe we'll do holidays together. It's going to be great. That totally dissipated rapidly, and the amount of conflict that she was causing was some was the level of stress I did not want to live in day to day, and so that that was like the biggest hurdle. It and it's it's sad to say too because I mean we were living long distance too, so I'm I'm putting this even above being long distance, um, getting to know a child become like contemplating how to be a step parent, contemplating moving out of state to be with this guy. My, the top of the list was dealing with her and a lot of the um, bullshit, <laughs> to be quite frank. <laughs> In that moment, do you, because I mean, I've dated people, like I said, I've dated people who had children and some of them were fantastic. The co-parents were great. It was, hey, mm-hmm. let's meet with the kids and have coffee. And then I feel like there's no happy medium. You either have the best or you're like, oh, I've gained a friend or you have like, your nemesis where you're like, what have I ever done to you? Like, I'm just here to support your child. What is wrong with me? What's wrong with right. you? Like, there's no happy medium. So it, it doesn't feel like it. it feels like you're either on this insane roller coaster or you're like chilling at the beach. Like it's <laughs> total opposite. And that's why we're, we're doing this episode for those that are maybe going through this, or maybe you're like, Oh, I've been stuck in this roller coaster trying to get off the ride for years. And I'm still on this because it ultimately will affect your relationship with your partner. And that's the key is you have to communicate and there's nothing wrong with either person's feelings. Neither person is wrong, but you need to join as a team and then work through it together for your life. Because I mean, it's something where women will, we're always going to be women. We're very protective over children, but I think a lot of times some women, no offense, but a lot of women almost lose that goal, that end goal of this is one more person that's in the support group for my child. This is somebody who is able to help my ex-husband, you know, with raising our child and they're not here to hurt anybody or to take over. I think that's like the key, especially with blended families. You're not taking over the mother's spot. You're just a bonus. Right. And I think it's, it's something that a, a bio mother has to get past kind of that sensitivity and that kind of more of their ego of this person can do something for my child that I can't, I'm not perfect. I can't do it all. And it takes a village to raise a child. And so the more the merrier and, you know, because of 
I mean, not to boast, but because of me, um, my stepdaughter's gotten to go to Disneyland. She's gotten to go to the beach. She's gotten to see Arizona. She's gotten to do things that her mother is never going to take her to do. Never will, can't, whatever the reason. She's gotten experiences out of me being a part of her life. She's gotten siblings out of me being a part of her life. And being a being a mother, I understand that feeling, that threat. But I also, that doesn't mean that I understand and condone some of this behavior that, that I see a lot of bio moms doing where the child becomes the weapon. The child becomes the tool. The child is cared less about. It's more my ego, my feelings, what I want, or it's about punishment for the husband who left them. And I've seen, I've seen a handful of women that are doing a phenomenal job at putting their children first and letting a lot of stuff go. But I see many that aren't. And that's something that doesn't really get talked about a lot is that the bio mom gets to have a rally around her and she gets to have kind of her behavior almost condoned or it's okay because, you know, she's going through a hard time. You know, those are her kids. That was her life. She's dealing with the loss. She's dealing with a new life. You know, this is another person coming in all of this sympathy. Right. Um, But then the father and the stepmother are the antagonists in the whole situation. And they're the ones that are causing the ripples. You know, they're the ones being difficult. They're the ones that aren't being fair. They're the ones that are expecting too much. And I think that that story needs to be rewritten. Well, it's almost like you're, now life with them is being compared to how their past used to be. So as the, as the bonus mom, as the stepmom coming in, you're almost, I mean, it's, it's terrible to say, but you're almost living in the shadows of what used to be while creating what you want your new life to be. Because obviously like your spouse is torn because they have a child, they're dealing with the other parent, they're trying to do the right thing, especially during custody battles. I mean, you're literally walking on eggshells the entire time, but yet they're having to make sure that you're comfortable and you're finding that new balance of like, I'm soon to be a stepmom. What if I do the right thing? What if I do the wrong thing? I don't know what, where I fit or what I'm supposed to do. So the hardest part you had during the dating phase was dealing with co-parenting and stuff like that. Since the shift from going from the girlfriend, like you said, the friend to the girlfriend, to the fiance, then to the wife and stepmom. Now being a stepmom with the blended family, what now do you find is the hardest part? Um, now the hardest part is having to, um, probably keep my mouth shut sometimes and watch, watch my stepdaughter be in pain. That is. <laughs> She's making her yes. grand appearance. <laughs> um, that's, that's the hardest part. Um, my stepdaughter has, I mean, she's seeing a counselor. She's been through a lot. She still goes through a lot. She's, she's constantly, I mean, we've had to fight for, equal rights, you know? Um, and so she doesn't see us a lot. There's a lot of things that she's there. There's parental alienation going on, unfortunately, like there's just a lot of problems, but I'd say though, what we have done that's gotten a lot better is our communication. So in the very beginning, you know, as a lot of people would probably hate to admit, and I hate to admit it. 
I think that we actually fought about his ex-wife more than we fought about anything else. Like her name was said more in my household than I would care to ever have. And because everything she was doing was affecting our time and me and our relationship. And we've gotten to the point now where actually when she, we, we kind of go <laughs> all throwing a fit, you know, kind of a situation, um, you know, needs to ha- needs to be her way or the highway type of thing. And we just kind of laugh it off and we move on and we go, you know what, we can't control that. We've, we've done our best. We've tried and we're going to let it go. And, um, you know, my stepdaughter's going to be an adult someday and mm-hmm. she'll, she'll understand at that point, um, <laughs> what we fought for and what we didn't and why, and she'll see a lot of this stuff. And so we, we're not going to try to fix and correct everything we just, we let it go now. And so we don't, we don't Mm -hmm. let her affect our marriage. We don't let her affect our household. We don't let her affect our time here. Um, and that's made a massive difference in my ability to stay in this marriage and be a stepmom is that she's not affecting us anymore. And yeah, I, it's just different and it's great. (laughs) I don't want to go back to the way that it was at all. We're doing this episode because I feel that there's so much pressure on families in general, especially on social media. You see all of the HGTVs with the moms in the perfect playrooms and the perfect house and everything just looks pristine. And, you know, here she has, you know, four or five kids and she's cooking this five course meal and her, you know, her husband's walking in the door and like, life is grand. And then you always hear about, you know, the blended families and you always see like, oh, there's both moms that are, you know, at a coffee shop and they're sitting, you know, both videoing the recital. But we're doing this because it's okay to have something be functional. It's okay to have stuff look messy because it is messy. You're blending different lives together. So I think that's really important for stepmoms, stepdads, anyone that's blending families together, it's okay to figure out your dynamic and try and fail. Communicate with your partner. And really, like you said, don't be too hard on yourself. What you may have done a year ago, like you said, oh, well, now I'm learning to keep my mouth shut because we're very emotional and we always want to fix something, especially when it's with our partner. Like we just want life to be happy and look like Instagram does. And in reality, like now it's like, that's not how life is like life is life. You have good days and bad days, but I love that you created this blog. So let's talk about that. Where did this come from? It's so, I'm so excited for it. Uh, Well, um, probably about, um, let's see. I think, I think you'll remember a little bit, like about a year ago, I ended up talking to, I ended up getting a therapist for myself because I was really struggling with being a stepmom and the dynamics. It was totally different even a year ago. Um, so it changes fast people for those of you listening, like (laughs) it it can change quickly. So hold on. Um, (laughs) I needed some help for myself because obviously I wasn't reacting and handling a lot of things very well. Um, and I was making things probably worse. Um, you know, making things harder, even on my husband, who's unfortunately has to be in the middle So I spoke to a counselor and, um, she had kind of brought the idea into my mind during one of our sessions that, you know, me figuring out how to handle my own stuff would help me to be able to 
maybe help others or shed a light on some of the dynamics within being a stepmom that a lot of people don't think is real or think is just, you know, lies or it never happens or is like the few and far between. Um, so being there to be a support system for other women going through the same thing. And, you know, I know that you brought it up a little bit and I had other friends and my family bringing it up and I just was kind of like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can do a blog, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I know how to do that. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've just started and I still, I feel a little rusty, like I've not got it down yet, but um, it's been really exciting and I've gotten to um, start talking about some topics that are very important to me and heavily affect our family and I'm sure that it affects a lot of other families and I just, I want to help create a better community for other stepmoms and and also for, for fathers. I'm a big father advocate. I feel like I've seen so many fathers, I know so many fathers that have been trampled over by the court systems and by their co-parent and it's not spoken of enough that there are a lot of, don't get me wrong. There, there are situations where, um, those rules are necessary. The custody is necessary because there are people that fail to be a parent when they're supposed to be, but there are a lot of good fathers out there who are denied access to their children. And I'm, I'm not a supporter of that system for those reasons. And so I think that it's, going to help to shed a light the more that we all talk about it. When we look at even like our grandparents, like my grandparents were married for over 67 years. So to go to that generation and talk about like, oh, what about co-parenting? I mean, they wouldn't know the first thing to talk about. They would have no idea because that generation was like, you know, you get married very young, you have kids, and then you're with each other until death do us part. Like it's, that's just how it is. And then I feel like, our parents' generation was kind of that breaking the mold of finding almost that balance of like, am I happy? Am I just staying? And in that generation, so many people stayed because of the kids and a lot of children like now with our ages of like, oh, I saw a lot of toxic behavior or I saw a lot of division. So I feel like with you coming out and us doing this episode, this is now our generation that's able to stop the cycle and make it known, like blended families, there's nothing wrong with it. So with all of these people like getting divorces and having children, or I mean, there's many people out there that they never were married to their previous partner, but they're learning how to co-parent, which is a whole nother messy situation. But it's learning that this is something that's now socially acceptable and it's now the social norm. So why are we not talking about the struggles that people are going to face with blended families. It's almost like, I feel like if you're struggling, don't talk about it. If you're struggling as a stepmom, like what's wrong with you, get it together. Like you chose this. That's always on these blogs when we read about it. It's you chose this. You knew what you were getting into. But like we said, every dynamic is different. So you don't know it until you're like, literally your feet are already stuck in the mud and you're, you're there. Exactly. And there's only so much that you do know. And that that goes for anything in life. I mean, even when you go to a job, you think your job is going to be a certain way and maybe it doesn't end up being that way. Um, so why is that not true when it comes to when you decided to become part of this family that's already got all this going on? And, you know, when I met my husband, you know, they weren't having conflict. They had a mutually agreed. Everything was fine. It was only until I came into the circle 
that it became this high conflict situation and we all got thrown for a loop. Mm -hmm. And so there's really no telling what's going to cause that, that shift. And so I think it's really unfair for a lot of stepmoms that they get told that all the time, you knew what you were getting into, you know, Mm -hmm. you just have to deal with it. And there's also a lot of scrutiny too, when you struggle with ups and downs of a relationship with a stepchild that, oh, how horrible you don't love that poor, innocent child. No, I'm just Mm -hmm. a human being. I'm just a parent. I'm just trying to cultivate a relationship with somebody who I didn't give birth to, who has a mom. I'm never first. I'm always second. That's hard to be that, be a mother figure and then know when to step back. It's hard to do that. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you cross lines and it hurts. (laughs) You know, you get told by everybody you've crossed the line and it hurts. And there are small things that you deal with that you don't think of. Like I did not think Mm -hmm. about... Um, when I was going to have, when I was about to give birth to my son, I started having all these feelings and worries that this wasn't going to be as special for my husband as it was for me, because this was my first child, but this was his second. He'd already done all of this with somebody else. And there were things about that, that for a moment there, I really struggled with. And a lot of women don't talk about that. It's like embarrassing. It's shameful. It's how could you think that? But it's normal. It's human being womanly feelings. So it, it needs to be talked about more for sure. I agree. Did, did you kind of feel the same coming home? Like, obviously this is your first child. He's already been through it. He's been through the sleepless nights and the diaper changing and the screaming and like the, okay, I've fed them, changed their diaper. They're not hungry. They don't need a diaper change. Why are they still screaming? He's already been through that. So was that kind of a fear in the back of your mind of like, he knows what he's doing. And I don't like, did you kind of have that struggle too? At first? And I, I I asked him those questions and he was like, my child is 10. That was 10 years ago. (laughs) I like, I, I'm a dude. I didn't keep track of how to change a diaper. So I think there's also this thing of, um, us as women, we overanalyze, we overthink, we think about things and guys don't always think about those things. And so we can actually get ourselves into trouble by thinking that things are a certain way and they're not. So that was definitely one of those situations. But even when, you know, I have moments now where I get a little tinge of, are you comparing him to my stepdaughter? Like Mm -hmm. just sometimes little things or little comparisons are made and that's normal. I mean, I, as a mother, sit here and go, oh my gosh, my son and my daughter, they look so much alike. Or, oh, you're doing what your brother did. And I do the comparison thing. Um, But for some reason, sometimes you just take a step back and you go, whoa, wait a minute. You're comparing my kid to her? What? (laughs) And it's just, it's, it's touchy. And it's, there's so many emotions. There's so many different dynamics. There's so many different discussions that happen And you don't, you can't possibly think of all of that in advance of starting a relationship with somebody that already has kids. You can't possibly be prepared for all of that. And as much as you can sit there and go, like I did, my mom was a stepmom. I grew up in a blended family. This is going to be easy. No. (laughs) Surprise. Surprise. Not so much. (laughs) 
Well, I'm so glad you came on today's episode. I hope that this really helped listeners. Um, I always have guests on that talk about, like I said, the topics that we all seem to think, but don't say. I am not a parent. I have dated people who have children. I've gone through the good, the bad, the ugly to where I had to find moments of like, okay, don't put your input in, just back off and let this just kind of chill out a little bit. Um, so I hope that this episode helps so many listeners because, you know, like you said, life's a roller coaster. You're either going to be up or you're down, but you're never obviously going to have it down a hundred percent. Your schedules are going to change. Chaos is going to change. Sometimes custody just turns your world upside down. So I really hope that this episode helped mothers and fathers out there realize, okay, it's not just in my brain. This isn't just chaos in my four walls. This is normal. And like she said, we have got to start talking about these things so that not only you don't, you're not so hard on yourself as a stepmom or a dad, or maybe a grandparent that you're comparing children or anything like that, but we really need to get stepmoms and stepdads in an actual community where you can learn through experiences together and then kind of see what other people's outcomes are. And that's why I love your blog because you're so vulnerable in stating like, hey, yeah, I'm a stepmom and I have kids and I have nothing figured out. So this is my life. My kitchen may be a disastrous mess or maybe I look like I'm on HGTV. Come on in. But you're learning along the way. And I think that that's crucial because you only live once. You're going to mess up, but you're learning to kind of navigate through the messy. And that's why we did today's episode. So any listeners, don't be too hard on yourself. And like she said, your dynamic is different. So communicate with your partner. That's key. And then like she said, there's nothing wrong with therapy. There's nothing wrong with self-growth and just learning. It's it's good to just take care of yourself along the way as well. Yes, I totally agree. And I think I just wanted to add to that. I think that when it comes to any bio moms that are listening that are maybe on the other side of this <laughs> spectrum, Um, And maybe some of the things I said could be a little frustrating or triggering to just feel like you're hearing like one side of the story. Obviously, you know, my stepdaughter's mother is not a bad person. She's obviously trying the best that she can in the way that she knows how. Um, And I think that these conversations need to be said. And I can only say from my viewpoint, I can't speak for a bio mom. But I think that the more that we open this dialogue, the more that we can all come together and find an understanding of one another so that stepmoms can be better stepmoms, fathers can be better fathers, and bio moms can be better bio moms. And that's what the ultimate goal is. And so I don't want anybody to feel like it's all just against the bio mom and all like hurrah for stepmoms. <laughs> It's just like, like you said, it's all, it's learning as you go and just Mm -hmm. looking at it as not only does your child have two parents, but they have even more people in their support system that want the best for them. And I think that that's crucial. Look at it that way. We all need to love each other just a little bit more in life and learn to just kind of take a step back. And uh, for any listeners, especially bio mom, step mom, stepdad, you're all going to get through it. Just take one day at a time and then give yourself a little bit of grace here and there. Yes. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Little Bit of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow on your favorite platform. And interact with the podcast Facebook as well as on Instagram at LittleCute1AZ. We'll see you next time.